You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Michael Phillips is with us here on the Hoffman Show. Uh, so, as I mentioned, you, you spent a lot of time at the dispatch um, covering everything going on down there in Richmond in terms of the intersection of sports and and the state government of Virginia, and that included a lot of stadium talk. When you read Sam Fortier and, and his colleagues' piece in the Post today about the Capitals and the Wizards potentially moving to Potomac Yards, like, what do you think the likelihood of that is, and how important would it be to the Commonwealth to actually have that happen and finally have a pro sports team there in Virginia? Yeah, I think it's a second place uh, for, for both sides, right? Like Virginia would really like to have the commanders. Uh, that that would be their number one if they're ranking sports teams they'd like to attract. And, uh, of course, for, for a lot of reasons that everybody understands, uh, uh, that that is the one that, that they would like. Uh, I think that Leonsis, if you were to get an honest truth out of him, uh, would probably say that staying at Capital One and renovating it would be his number one. It's it's in the city. It's a great location. They're building their offices there. Um, you know, it, it served them very well, and I, I think it serves the fan base very well. Uh, both sides are realizing they may not get their first choice. Um, I, I think RFK has a ton of momentum right now to host the Commander Stadium. Uh, you know, and, and Maryland has a ton of momentum right now with Josh Harris uh, and his ownership group having a lot of Maryland ties. Um, that that's a government that that's very interested in getting it done. Uh, you know, Virginia has faded from the from the front runner seat they were in a year ago to this being a, a pretty competitive situation and, and one that they may not control their destiny on here. Um, and and for Ted Leonsis, if they bring the commanders to RFK, if that's a seven hundred eight hundred million dollar check that the city cuts to them, is there enough money in the budget to also 
take care of him. Uh, you know, his ask is $600 million for renovations at Capital One. It, you know, can they do that and also bring a football team to town? And also, Nats Park is 15 years old, and those guys have their hands out. Now, I'd slap their hand and tell them to go away. But but the point being, you've got things you need to take care of right now. Um, so so Leonsis is lining up his backup plan. I think Virginia has money burning a hole in their pocket. You know, a governor who's trying to get a win, uh, a governor who's from Northern Virginia. Uh, this would be a big win for him, a good backup plan. Uh, so I, I wouldn't take this as this will happen, uh, but I think both sides are realizing the lights are about to turn on at the bar and they need to go home with somebody. Yeah, so when you look at the – I mean, I think that's a great point that, you know, right now there's construction happening, like, on, for instance, the studios for, for Monumental Sports Network. Um, they, they're moving. They used to be in Bethesda when they were NBC Sports Washington. Uh, you know, we've we've all seen like Wes Hall and and you know his his uh, pregame show and whether it's Jason or Christy or whoever's with him, like they're at the perch there at Capital One Arena. They're kind of tucked away in District E. They're building like a real state of the art TV studio. And if they build that and wire it and all this that stuff and then move to Virginia in four years, like that seems like a gigantic waste of money so why it beyond that is there another particular reason why you think leonsis would prefer dc versus hey man like you want to be this multimedia mogul and now you can build an entertainment district like if i'm leonsis virginia is actually fairly appealing to me yeah and you know you have to wait and see how much land will give them how much how much space they would get to develop right because if you know if you're talking about a, a big time development project that's going to be very appealing this is you know, not land. This isn't Chinatown when a Poland built MCI center, right? This this is a very well developed piece of land that also just got a metro station, and also Amazon's moving in there. Uh, I think lands at a real premium down there. You could claw back a little bit of it. I, I don't know how much they'll truly be able to offer that those guys to develop and to profit off of. Um, but yeah, Leonsis has complained about his lease at Capital One Arena for a very long time. Um, I think there's also an alternate reality here where both of them stay afloat, um, whether that's splitting the teams and, and building, you know, I, I would say Capital One is, is probably inelegant for both sports, but, but is more of a hockey arena than a basketball arena, just because of the size, uh, you know, the basketball court is smaller. Um, so you, you have to kind of adapt it for basketball. If you built a true basketball arena in Alexandria, could you split the teams? Uh, could you send both of them to Alexandria and keep it for concerts and Disney on Ice and you know all that all that good stuff uh, that that rolls through? I, I think there's a lot of options on the board here. It's very early in an exploratory process. Uh, my understanding uh, from from the Virginia side of things is they're setting the table for the legislation they want to present in January. So I, I don't think we're in any imminent danger of them being at a podium tomorrow, shaking hands and, and celebrating mission accomplished here. Uh, but I, I think both sides are feeling out what they can do for each other. Mission accomplished notoriously when things are over. If you know, you know. <laughs> uh, Michael Phillips with us, MP on the mic, 910 The Fan in Richmond. He also did write about this as well uh, at the Washington Times. You also made an interesting comment, though, earlier. You, you feel like commanders in Maryland are really in a good place right now. Um, what is it that Wes Moore has done to ingratiate that relationship with Josh Harris and the new regime? And also how big of a deal, like how big of a data point is the offices moving that was announced last week? Uh, for those that may have missed it, commanders moving uh, a lot of their business operations from FedEx Field to a new campus on the University of Maryland, like a new office campus on the campus of University of Maryland. 
It, it's certainly uh, I think it's more of a logistical decision than a political decision. Uh, you know, they, they need to create more space at FedEx Field to do the things they want to do over the next few years to bring fans back, to bring corporate money back, to bring suite holders back. Uh, and, and this was a very logical way to do that and certainly doesn't hurt that you get to, you know, ingratiate with uh, one of your key stakeholders there. You mentioned Westmore. We've seen a ton of him this year. He's been in a lot of the games. He's been wearing commander's jerseys. He's been very outspoken. Uh, I would say don't interpret Virginia's silence as disinterest. Uh, they are still very interested. They all are still working very hard behind the scenes. Um, but there is a bit of an incumbency advantage right now in Maryland. Uh, you know, they they love these in, these investors. They love Harris, Rails, uh, you know, both, you know, Maryland guys, Bethesda guys. Uh, you know, the team is there right now. Um, so they, they enjoy that incumbency advantage. Uh, they seem willing to do what it takes to keep them. I think ultimately the team will probably chase RFK first. Um, but I had always set up until new ownership took over, if it's not RFK, Virginia's, Virginia's the only one sitting at the table. And, and that's just not the case anymore. Maryland has come to play. Michael Phillips with us here on the team at 980. Anything else on the – like? How I, let's wrap up the stadium talk with, with this and then a couple of commander's items real quick. Um, like how, would, how do these impact each other? Right. And also, who do you like? Does uh, Monumental doing this potentially speed up the commander's process? Because it feels like things have been fairly quiet on that front. So, like, how, how are these two things intertwined on both a timing and ultimately logistics level? Yeah, 2027 is the year, right? That's the year the commanders can bounce FedEx, and that's the year the Wiz and Caps can bounce from, from Capital One downtown. Uh, I would say it's a very, very unlikely that either team moves in 2027. Even if they did the handshake tomorrow, that would be really hard to pull off. Um, and so both sides are working from a sense of urgency, right? If, if you're not making money, you're losing money, um, you know, or you're leaving money on the table at least. That, that's the pressure that, that Harris and his group are under right now. You think about all these investors that threw their money in, this is the return, the new stadium, the new revenues, uh, any year after 2027 where games are played in FedEx field or games are played in some kind of interim stadium, that is a loss for them. They are leaving money on the table. So they feel a very real urgency to get this done as quickly as possible. And frankly, it would not stun me to see an agreement in principle this off season uh, that, you know, that's the pressure they feel to get moving and return this investment. Uh, same from Ted Leonsis' side, right? If, if he can move in 2027, he wants to either have the city's money in his hand to do renovations that year or be moving to Alexandria as quickly as possible. So I, I don't think anybody uh, is coming at this from a perspective of wait and see. I, I think it's a lot of very active, very engaged owners and stakeholders who, who realize that the time is ticking to get these things open as quickly as possible. Yeah, I, I certainly hope something happens sooner rather than later on, on both fronts. Uh, clarity is good. Um, but also, like like you said, the, the logistics of this. If you if, if the commanders want to be out of FedEx before 2030, they need to get moving yesterday. Um, it's true. It's it's hard to build, and um, you know everyone who's ever done anything with construction knows that it doesn't finish on time. And I don't think most <laughs> of us have built a stadium. You know, if you build a deck, it doesn't finish on time. Nevertheless, a, a football stadium. 
Okay, uh, as for the actual team itself, biggest piece of news that comes out of Ron Rivera's press conference today, uh, slash some reporting before it by Nikki Javala, which Ron confirmed, is that Jamin Davis is done for the season. He has a shoulder injury uh, that he suffered in the Miami game. Where does that leave Davis now entering year four? New regime will have to decide on his fifth year option. Like, what what have you made of the the three plus or the three years of the Jamin Davis experience so far? Now that we know his season is over, sure, right? And I think there's a recalculation this year, right? Of year one, he's a bust. Year two, I'm still angry. Yeah, I, the Phantom's still angry because they used a first round pick on a middle linebacker and we got an outside linebacker and that's stupid drafting and stupid value, right? That's not Jamin's fault at that point. You know, that that's Ron Rivera and, and the scouting team's fault. Um, but, it, but that was still held against him, right? I felt like this was the first year is like Jamin Davis. He's an outside linebacker. He's, he's an NFL caliber starter at the position. He's doing all right. Um, you know, he, he's playing well. That's a position he could play for a while. Um, I think people had kind of come around on that. I'm not going to suggest he was a pro bowler or anything of that level, but he was absolutely an NFL caliber starting outside linebacker. Um, and, and so you almost have to set aside the rest of it. Yeah, it was a bad draft pick. Yeah, there's bad value there. But he was a starter, and he was one of 11 starters, and he was not out of place as a starter. Uh, and now that's another replacement you got to make. Uh, heading into a stretch here that looks a little more daunting than it did at the start of the day yesterday. Rams could be in the playoffs by the end of the night if the Packers lose and the Jets looked really good yesterday. Those are bad signs for the upcoming schedule. Um, Do you like how important is it for the team for anybody to win any of these final four games? (laughs) uh, What a question I I just asked you. What a loaded, gigantic question. I laugh and I hesitate because, look, I, I do a radio show. I give my opinion about things. I think they should tank. I think I think they should move a bunch of the starters to IR. Um, you know, tie tie Ron's hands behind his back, lose the four, get a great draft pick. Uh, I, I I just think that has the highest upside of all your available options. Um, what would it mean to win in, in the final four? Certainly doesn't mean anything for Ron's job, but I think it means a lot for Sam Howell. Right, the higher that draft pick goes, the more likely it is you draft a quarterback with that. But uh, if Hal could scratch out a couple really nice performances and a couple W's and they're picking eight or nine, I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback at eight or nine. That, that gives Hal his own job security, so to speak. Um, but, but if you're asking me or, or you're saying what should the fans want, I think the fans should want to see Sam Hal throw for 400 yards and a loss. I, I just don't see how winning helps the current cause at the moment. No, I, I hear that. The only thing I worry about is kind of like the habits, the demeanor. Like, is it more likely that they do something drastic this offseason that could have some regret, like trading a John Allen, trading a Terry McLaurin? Um, it, like, if you want those guys, I feel like winning one and like keeping some semblance of dignity is probably important. Um, like, but most of the decisions have probably been made in terms of the, like, the decisions that can be made by the people that are here now have been made. The GM is going to be gone. The head coach is going to be gone. Uh, and, and it's going to be new people in all of those positions who will decide everybody's fate below them. And at that point, like winning, I guess the draft pick is, is probably the biggest uh, impact there. Um, but I, I do just wonder, like from a not not having it feel like a total epic disaster, losing the fan base uh, anymore, is that damage already done or does winning anything matter uh, down the stretch here. 
I think certainly winning one of the next two would offer you a little bit of a reset in terms of we talk all the time, right? Losses in the NFL are exponential. They snowball and every one is worse than the one before it and leaves people angrier than the one before it. But every time you, you win even one, you get a reset back to the baseline, back to zero. Um, and it would certainly offer that. It would make the last four weeks calmer, less contentious, um, you know, whatever whatever your phrasing is there, it, it would be very helpful for the last four weeks for the people on the team. I, I think that's why I would shut down John Allen, shut down Terry, uh, you know, shut down Deron Payne, like, hey, you know, these guys, it's been a long season, you know, messed up his shoulder the other day or whatever, he's going to IR for the rest of the way. Uh, I, I wouldn't subject them to this. I also think you have $90 million in cap space. I think you can sell them pretty quickly. Hey, look, don't go anywhere. We're not shipping you anywhere. We're going to turn this thing around quickly. Yeah, no, I, I think not subjecting him to that IR thing is, is definitely nice. Obviously, Jamin, uh, first one IR today, but his with an injury, uh, wishing him the best in recovery as he'll likely have surgery uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Michael Phillips doing a great job on all fronts today. Thank you kindly, sir. And uh, are you going out to L.A.? Are you getting to escape to the West Coast for a nice December uh, day of sunshine? I will be in L.A., and uh, nice. we will we will sort this out. I, I, I can't do the red eye anymore. I'm, I'm an old man now, yeah. which I say is the people older than me on the beat will get on the red eye. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to wait. I'll do my show from L.A. Monday, which you know, there's, there's worse fates in life. No, uh, that's we'll, true. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out this arrangement for next Monday, but we'll make sure it happens. But, uh, yeah, it should, uh, should be a ton of fun, and uh, that, that's a great stadium, of course, one of my favorites. And uh, I think it'll be a competitive football game, although uh, I've been wrong on that before. Yeah. Uh, tell Sean I say hello. Uh, also, <laughs> I have not been to SoFi. My only L.A. trip on the beat uh, was the year that we played there twice, and it was Coliseum in the old stadium. the soccer stadium. Yes, correct. Correct. Uh, the soccer stadium was my favorite all. stadium I have ever covered a game in. Honestly, for the game itself, it was pretty great. Because it yeah. was like you were so low because the stadium yep. wasn't very big. It was kind of like you you had like a great all twenty two cam all day long. Exactly. Yeah. No. Like obviously the atmosphere left a lot to be desired, but like I felt like I was just hovering on top of an NFL game. It was fantastic in that regard. Yeah, that was very cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll figure out Monday. We'll probably be able to tape something before you get on the plane. Uh, so we'll we'll uh, I'll have your people talk to my people. Okay. Just text me. <laughs> Deal. All right. Uh, thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you.